Welcome to Spraymakers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Chris Rossi and Trent Pence. As this third season winds down, the guys take some of your questions and expand on the topics. This week, they discuss adapting to different ropes and recovering from a poor gate setup. Man, this has been a fun, a fun season to uh, to get deep with you, Trent, and uh, it's yeah. been a been really fun just to explore slalom technique in further detail. Season three, I really feel like we've we've gone to a better place than we have in, in seasons past. And it's been, it's been really fruitful. And the feedback we've been getting from listeners has been very positive. And so, you know, as we did last year, we wanted to just kind of kick it off with a few episodes that are, you know, listener inspired appreciation yeah. type of type of thing. And just wanted to kind of you know, kick it back to you guys and see what, what are you left thinking about? What are you, what, what's been on your mind? What could we talk about? And, uh, we got a huge, huge turnout on Bala Spray. So I figured we would just pick some of these randomly from here and, uh, and go from there and see where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, this is, uh, you know, given that this is kind of a static medium in that it's all one-sided, this is, this is like, our only opportunity for some level of reciprocity. So, uh, yeah, what, you know, us getting to see or, or hear, or I guess it's more accurately read how you guys are thinking about things and, and where you would like some additional clarification is, uh, is going to be really helpful for, uh, well, you know, for people listening, but helpful for us too. helpful as a coach, like, you know, the more, more feedback we get, you know, in terms of the, the, the more questions we get, um, the more we can kind of, uh, kind of get out of our own heads and, and, and be mindful of how, you know, how our listeners might be thinking about things. I mean, that's again, your way with words just kind of takes over, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 we get into our rhythm of what we would like to project to you all and things that we're really excited about. And then it's really nice to just kind of hear from, hear from you. And, and, um, it's probably easier sometimes when you're talking to people to get the, the gist of things, but, these posts uh, are going to give us a talking point and uh, we'll give a shout out to whoever gave the, the post. We're going to give it by their handle, not by their real name. And uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Um, yeah. So let's, let's just get this thing rolling right now. Trent, I'll put this question out there. This is from UW, UW skier. Um, he said how to train and adjust for variables, like how to ski on bungee cord ropes that seem popular at tournaments yeah. when you are used to a standard feeling rope. So this one's and this one's like I would imagine um a whole bunch of people's ears just perked up because this is something you hear all the time and and skiers of all levels, you know, the like honestly, pro guys that'll get to a, a tournament and complain about ropes, right? It's it's I mean, I I I can kick this thing off here in a second if if you want to hear me talk, because this yeah. is definitely happening for me. You know, yeah. uh, I don't ski as many tournaments these days, you know, I ski my local events. Um, I love to, love to, you know, uh, ski in those events and I end up helping to judge and, and run those events. So, yeah, you know, cool. that this is, this is 100%. I, I, uh, I have fallen in love with the, with the radar ropes. Um, you know, the quality of rope that, that they're putting out there is my favorite. So sorry, that's not, I, I like all the ropes <laughs> out there. It's, this is not, it's not like a biased thing, but I really think that the, the radar vapor, vapor rope is, uh, is just has the right amount of stretch and the, and the feel that I want with the rebound that I want. And, uh, it's really dialed in. So anyway, regardless of that, I train with, a, I train with a rope that I like and I've gotten used yeah. to it and I do that. 
And then I go to a tournament and I'm not going to call out whatever company it is, but, and, and, and it, it could be many companies, but anyway, the point. Well, being, yeah. Cause yeah. to be, to be fair, like most, most companies, um, you know, like, you know, well, just for I mean, master line, they, they make a, they make a, a stiffer rope and they make a soft rope version. And, and then that the newer company out in the Midwest S lines, they make a stiffer rope and they make a softer rope. So, you know, even, you know, not, not, not even throwing darts at them, but it just, sometimes you get to the tournament and they've decided to use the softer version of a rope that might already be softer than the one you're used to. Correct. Correct. So this is, this is a perfect example for me because I jump into a tournament and I, you know, whatever, I get a rope and I go out and the rope feels uh, spongy. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Now I like a rope that has some some stretch and then some rebound. I don't like a dead rope, you know, like an old rope for me is the worst rope. I'd rather have a spongy yeah. rope than an old, an old stiff rope that just, just <laughs> hammers all the time like that. I think there is something to building energy into the wake and then being able to yeah. hold on to that energy and having the right kind of, I'm not going to call it a slingshot, but something like that out to the buoy. And if the rope gets too bungee, then that that rebound becomes unmanageable and kind of rips mm-hmm. you up out of what what was or felt like a good position. And then yeah. on the flip side, if it's if it's a dead rope or too old or too stiff, then you're going to come out of that buoy and you're just going to hammer onto something that's really hard and not. And, and then that way, I also do not do not get to harness that energy and whip into the wakes. So anyway, so I get to this tournament and. Uh, I'm coming out of the turn and it's like, boing, 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 boing. And then, (laughs) and I'm getting slingshotted over to the other side, but I can't, I can't manage all of this rope stuff. So I can very much uh, relate to what others, what others feel. So Trent, when this happens to you and it's live, what is it that do you, do you have something that you're going to do to, to compensate for this? Is this just like a get over it yeah. type of thing? Like, what is it? Well, that, that you do? I think it's, it's a little bit get over it, but I, I definitely have a thought process. Like when, you know, when I, when I, um, when I get up on the water, you know, one, that rope is, is, is softer or two, like if you just, you know, you train behind, um, I train behind a mastercraft full time. And if I get to a tournament and it's a nautique, I mean, I ski great behind the nautiques. Um, or, you know, I, I ski just fine behind the nautiques, but they do feel softer to me. So I, I kind of have the same, the same thought process on both in that I'm not going to do something different, but I'm going to be more mindful to do something better. And that better is I'm, I just, in my mind, the less I rely on the rope, the less I use the rope, the less a soft rope is going to affect me. So I just go, you know, I'm going to be more mindful of, of moving slash driving, which means, you know, staying over my feet, using, you know, using the support of my own speed, using forward drive. And I'm going to use as little, just simple static lean on the rope as possible. You know, so I I think I kind of use it to my advantage. Like when I get up, you know, my very first get up and I, I always have like, I'll do a little, you know, kind of rope check where I, I bounce on the rope once. And I, I, when I feel that I almost, you know, it's probably, I trick myself into it, but I, I, I go into this mindset of like, awesome rope is soft or boat is soft or both the rope and the boat feel soft. Awesome. I'm not going to have to lean very hard on this, you know? Um, and, I mean, and that can be, that's... that can be a, that can be a, a two headed sword though, because if I were a listener and hearing you and, and yes. then I, Oh, I'm just going to go easier. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's exactly where my head, yeah, that's where my head went too. It's not, it's not a, I'm not going to lay up 
but I'm, I'm going to be more mindful of, of the way I want to move. And I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that simply giving it a little extra load at the first wake, like simple load is in as simply moving away from the pylon more than is necessary. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be um, more satisfied in not putting in that next extra input. I call it negative input. Any input I put in any input or movement that is oppositional to my direction of travel, I, I term that negative input. So it gives me confidence not to put negative input or not just to simply lean really hard because I'm getting amped up on my harder passes. So great point though. Yes. It's not like, I'm not going to like mail this in and lay up and, and not, not be powerful as heck, but it gives me, it just, it just reassures me that negative input is not going to help me. Right. What I, I mean, what I, what I'm hearing from you and interpreting inside of my mind is what it really you're saying is that's just a distraction. And mm-hmm. what you really have to do is, is to key on your keys, like stay focused on your keys. Yes. We talk about this. The tournament is there's, there's going to be a million distractions that are going to happen. And that's kind of, you know, what we were talking about, like uh, UW skier was talking about and asking about all these different variables. And the point being, that's the whole thing that's going to happen when that's one of the reasons why we go to tournaments is to take our home, comfortable, safe environment and put challenges to it. We're going to put different people we're skiing with, different boats, different drivers, different wind mm-hmm. conditions, different backwash, different ropes, different everything. And how can we yes. perform in adversity, right? Like, so, so really, I think what, what we're going to say is that as a generalized answer to this is, look, you got to trust what's been working for you up until this point and tournaments are going to test you as to whether you'll stay true to your keys or whether you're going to abandon everything and go into a panic mm-hmm. mode. And so- For sure. And you and it's a lot of it's mindset. Like in, in that, you know, that example I gave, I literally do trick myself into being excited to feel a soft boat or a soft rope. And, and, and again, that's not the way I want to train, but when I-, I I get up in the water, I do my, you know, my rope check and, and it feels soft. I'm like, sweet. This is going to feel easy. It's going to feel, this is going to feel soft and easy. I can be as powerful as I want. And, and the, this, I'm not going to be getting my butt whooped coming out of the buoy. And, and it is, it's, it's, it's kind of mindset because you are, you are going to come out of the turn and there is, there's going to be an extra fraction of a second before you feel max tension on the rope. And that's really all it is. It's, you know, there's, abandoning your, your, like you said, like abandoning your, abandoning your plan is, is and trying to, trying to adapt your approach to facilitate a slightly softer rope. That's, that's when you're going to be left. Um, you're going to be left a little bit stranded. And then, so I think similar, similar to this question, Rossi, like, you know, if you get to a, or, or tournament or in practice, like if you have a driver that, that maybe you've, deemed a little more difficult in your head you know it's kind of the same thing i'm gonna like i'm gonna be more true to my movements and i'm going to be less you know intrusive or less in the driver's face you know or i guess it's actually you know i'm actually tugging on his on his shoulder but you know i'm gonna be less (laughs) i'm gonna be mindful not to be on this guy you know or on this girl or on you know whoever it is my wife or brother you know um and again, it's just like your movements are going to be correct, but you can like, you know, you can kind of just by all, you know, I think there's a shift, a slight shift of mindset instead of seeing it as this, this unnavigable 
negative, you can just turn it into a positive and just key in on your own, you know, your own cues that, you know, work. Yes. Yes. I like that. And then, so I got another, you know, another question popped in my head. Cause I, I get this a lot when I'm at the lake, you know, trying in, in this scenario, would you mess with your zero off settings if you had a softer rope? Or are well, you just going to stay true? So for I know me how I personally, handle it. Yeah. Like, yeah, for me personally, absolutely not for a, a softer rope. And additionally, for me personally, I'm not going to alter my settings, even if it's a boat that I know has a softer pull. Okay. That's me. Where, where, where does your head go on that? I'm in, I'm the same place. What, I'm the same place. Like, yeah. I just, I mean, you have to, you get used to a cycle, right? Like a, a zero offsetting to me. A cycle. Yes. Yeah. That's it, what it is. It's just, you know, the, like imagine that every time that you change a setting, you're changing the driver. You're changing who's sitting in there and who's actually giving you the throttle and how they're that's, giving it to you. Right. That's accurate. Yeah. So why would I switch that? When now I'm now I'm now I'm switching to I'm switching multiple variables instead of just mm-hmm. having one variable. So like I'm not going to add into that now. I mean there are probably people who test this and would say that oh I know for a fact that when I get a softer rope I like to go um, you know with a higher number or I change my letter from A to B or B to C you know. If you've yeah. spent tons of time and this is part of your MO and you're confident in your move, then being confident in your move is part of, you know, that you just made something that's going to happen better. What Trent and I are saying for us personally is we're not going to mess with that stuff because it's one more variable that we will be dealing with. And we already are feeling tested with these, you know, whatever, if we're, if we're talking about a softer rope or a crosswind mm-hmm. or whatever else it is, I'm not going to, I just need to keep as many variables the same as possible so that I can deal with the one variable that obviously is sticking out to me at this time. So anyway, I think, I think that's yes. a really I mean, good. Y- y- yes. And and again, cause I, I kind of also think it too, is it's like you're, you're giving yourself a, like a chink in your armor. Like as soon as you're like, Oh, that felt weird. I better go to C2. And then now you're like, you're skiing the pass and you're also trying to evaluate whether it was C2 the right move or, oh man, maybe I needed to stick to A2. It, you're like, you're just creating self-doubt. And, and I think, you know, I think people forget or they don't appreciate that like something like your zero offsetting is I, I'm the number I, that comes to my head is going to be like sub 5%. I don't know where, where you think it, it lies in terms of the big picture, but I don't think it's 5% of, of the equation. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. So yeah, I will say one thing about if we want to go back to ropes uh, just for uh, the last kind of finishing yeah, move here, <laughs> last finishing move here would be, you know, uh, Matt Rainey, you know, he, his, his point is if, if a soft rope bothers you, then train with a soft rope. Ah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, good point. So, you know, if, if you're going to tournaments and you are bothered by, you know, a soft rope when you get there and you're like, man, this spongy thing is really messing me up, then why not just train with that every day? And then the only thing that's going to happen is you'll possibly get a stiffer rope when you're there. And clearly that's not bothering you like a softer rope does. So, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a really good point. And keeping with that, like I, I tell everyone I ski with, regardless of their ability level, minimum of one rope a year. If if they're a tournament, well, even if they're not a tournament skier, but minimum of one rope a year, because that's going to simulate one, it's going to simulate the rope that you're going to get in tournament better than a six-year-old rope. And two, it's, you know, it is absolutely easier on your body. We, you referenced earlier, you know, earlier in this conversation about a, about a dead rope, an old rope feeling dead and hard on your body. Like, and that's, there's, 
absolutely merit to that. Like a, a dead rope with zero stretch left in it. It's going to be harder on your elbows, harder on your shoulders, harder on your back. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely that. And then, you know, just like you do with your ski, put your rope away. Like it, it should not be sitting out in the sun. It should not be baking. Your handle shouldn't be baking. I mean, these things, this is what attaches you to the boat. You're getting something you're putting. I mean, you can put 800 pounds of force on that bad boy coming out of a turn. And if you, if, if you haven't broken a rope, man, I am so happy for you. But once you, you do, wonder. you will never not listen to what Trent and I are saying. One new <laughs> rope a year minimum. Don't care who you are. It is important. It is an investment in your skiing. It's an investment in your safety. I mean, it is part of it. And that is that is that. And I don't use other people's ropes. I don't have a boat rope. Myself and my kids <laughs> each have our own ropes. And they are put away whenever we're done with them. Anyway, you do what you want. But I'm just telling you that, that <laughs> that's I'm not messing with that. I broke two ropes in back to back sets when I was in college. And I can tell you awesome. the number one was the first time I broke, it was horrible. And then to do it the very next set and also break both of my friends ropes that I had no rope. So, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it wasn't a good day for any of us. So, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's move on to a new topic. This one is from blue ski and, uh, his, uh, he, uh, blue ski says, my question is this for the gates. If you overpull, misjudge, tailwind, etc., and find yourself going too far down course for the gate turn in, what is your go-to move to quickly bleed speed and or not destroy your relationship with the boat to hit the gates in a tournament? Yeah. This has never happened to you, has it, Trent? I mean <laughs> Man, I have and I have this one I have this one kid, um, good skier, like 35, 38 off kid. Uh, and he overshoots his gates he'll go at like months at a time where he overshoots it every time. So there is, there's compensatory measures. What, what do you, what, what's, what's your move? Cause, uh, cause again, cause we and, and actually, excuse me, this question is really, really good. Cause you and I have spent the last three seasons talking about the importance of not being too slow. What happens if you're too slow? What happens if you're too slow? The boat starts getting ahead of you. Your window starts closing. Da, 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 da. So this, this question is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. Uh, I, I think that myself and everyone actually would say that they just, maybe not you, this is, this is what'll be interesting, but I hate it when I feel like I'm going to overshoot my gate. That oh, it's not, stressful. it doesn't feel good. It's really hard. I'm not going to lie. It is really hard to recover and the timing for the way you want to be to set yourself up the right way. Um, I think the number one, just the, the 30,000 foot thing is, we are never perfect. It's never perfect. So we strive for perfect gates, but realize we're, we are, we're just, we're making little micro adjustments all the time. And if you overshoot it, you can't panic. Cause if you panic, you're going to get, that's another test to take you away from your keys. So what is it that I do in that moment where I come up out of my deal? I'm accelerating up in the boat. I see the boat, I see the gates and I go, uh Oh, my move right or wrong, I'm going to do the very quickest little tail depression. Sure. Just a kick. And literally yep. all I did was just shove my tail in the water and then go right back to where I was standing. Yes. That is it. Yes. And think of it like, then, then you, then you continue because you then maybe explain the next move, but, but think of it like, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when you're stopping to shorten at the end of the lake and, and you just, you're just coming in a little bit hot. 
like, what do you do? You flash your heels, right? Mm-hmm. You don't like, you don't rock back and then just, I mean, unless you're about to hit a dock or something. Yeah, just, exactly. Kind of just, you kind of like, it's almost like you're pushing your skill in front of you a little bit. Like you get the spray to come um, more, you know, more off the front of the ski because it, you know, because the tip goes up a little bit. It's just, it's just like a heel flash. It is literally just, a dude, mini. It's just skit. a little, yeah. It's a little. It's a little brake pump. That's it. But what you don't want to do, and then you tell me how you, what your next move is. What right. the the thing, the most common thing that everyone's going to do nine times out of ten is that panic is going to set in, and you're going to be like looking, like I think I'm fast. I think I'm fast. I know I'm fast. People are going to go to their heels or their back foot or however you want to say it. They're going to go to the tail of their ski and they're going to stay there. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's that is because. That's a braking mechanism. And when you're going too fast, you don't feel the rope, right? Like you're, you're not tight on, you're not tight on the rope usually when you're that way. So what I, what my move is, is I'm, I'm, I I can see that I'm still accelerating up on the boat at a moment that I need to be matching the boat. So as Mm -hmm. I'm, as right before that moment's going to happen, I'm going to do a, just a a double heel kind of rock back, but it's, it happens real fast, like rock back, back to center. You know, yes. or I guess it's yes. rock back forward to center. It's, it's, it's yep. get right back to that riding over my feet. I'm not staying in the back position. All I did was just slow myself down. And now that now I, now what I'm really trying to do in this moment is find a tight rope. So if I need to, then at that moment, I may just put a little bit of outside edge pressure just to try to peel that line tight to make sure I know where the tight is. A lot of times when Mm -hmm. we as skiers are in turns and you see a skier fall back and stay back, the reason why they did that is that they're looking for the line tight place. Um, And so we have different compensatory moves. You know, I've talked about sucking the slack with the handle like in in the turn. I tend to suck slack even to my chest to wherever I feel tight and then I let the handle back out versus shooting my body way back off the back of the ski. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense to, to, to paint the picture right. But when I'm out there on the gates, if I'm too hot, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do that quick, just a quick heel dig, and then right back to over my feet, standing tall like nothing ever happened. And hopefully that was enough speed check to put me in the right place. And then I may just put a little bit of left ski edge, outside edge pressure, pressuring away. If you need to see that, that would be a Will Asher, Andy Mapple move. Perfect. Uh, Perfect I mean, example. Dude, those guys do Perfect that example. every single I mean, time. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I bet you Will does that eight passes out of 10 and like someone like, and this, and it confuses a lot of people, but to me, it's like, it's really simple. Like he's, Will is going to make sure, and I don't even know, you know, he's just so naturally in the right place at the right time. So I don't know if this is a, in like a stated, um, you know, directive in his mind, but Will is going to, Will is going to be slightly faster than ideal every time. So then he can just, he, at, cause at that moment he can, he can increase his rate of deceleration by doing this little heel check. Like you said, little, little pumping his tail a little bit or just, sorry. So I can say it more clearly rocking back for a minute. Yep. Um, so at least he knows he's going to de- at least he knows he can decelerate to 35.8 every single time instead of, instead of trying to find everything perfect, a lot, like, you know, everything being organically feeding itself. So his role in is 35.9 every time he's, he's going to come in hot and slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, it's a, it's a, it's a super high level move. I, I think that's, that's, that's what I want to just tell people like that. Sh- I, I would say that. 
until you develop. And the reason, this is the reason why. If you watch Will, he slows himself. He, he controls his movements so that he has that tight rope so he knows exactly where he's standing. And then his move, his initial move in for the gate is that he's going to leave his ski. He's going to trust his body motion. And he moves so well through that deal mm-hmm. that he's able to shed a little bit of that speed, roll through there. A lot of less developed skiers will do that outside move that Will does, and then they lose a little bit too much speed, get caught, and then press or press enforcing that move, which creates excess load and a lot more down course speed, and it's much less dynamic. So that's why when when Trent and I are talking about gates, we're not talking about this this super high level move, but I'm I'm not going to say that it's a negative. I mean, obviously if if anybody has been watching Will this year, they know that the guy's skiing lights out right now. And, uh, it's really fun to see a guy, uh, I'm not saying that he's old, but seeing a guy at his age still progressing and still getting better. It's, it's exciting and it's fun. It is exciting. I think, I think the, the, and the way I would, I would, excuse me, I would, um, I would kind of, you know, I, I kind of concur with what the way you were, or what you were, the point you were that you were making in that it's an additional move that isn't necessary. It's his move, and, and it works perfectly for him. It, it's it, but again, I, I use it as, as, as kind of a compensatory measure for if I happen to be going too fast. Right. Right. So you know, yeah, exactly. You and I don't go. I don't go there every single time. Um, I don't feel like I need to. I, I get my speed pretty close. I, I will say there are times where it's the other way. The other ways, I, I, I actually find the other way way more annoying. And that's when you're too slow. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> so why don't that's we, when you're just like, oh, so why don't you? Uh, so I know that this happens. I mean, probably not to you, Trent, because of how 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 disciplined you are and how how much of a perfectionist you are. But I'm being sarcastic because I'm sure it does happen. You. So <laughs> when when you pull out there, Trent, and you're like, and you stand up, and you're awesome. like, it's the opposite. You're like, oh no, I, I I'm 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 already at the speed of the boat, and I'm not close to being ready to turn in. What do you do in that it's, state? I know, and that is it. You like you you come up and and you're you're already starting to decelerate, and you're getting close to the boat speed, and you're like. You can barely see the course. It looks so far away. Yeah. Um, I, I just think about what's okay. So then I just, you know, I think about it in terms of what's truly happening is, is, is my window, my opportunity to, to get, you know, that max angle and that, and that rope alignment preload. It's just, it's disappearing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So my window's closing. So, okay, well, your window's closing. So my, my move is going to have to be even cleaner. You know, it's going to have to be, um, you know, faster, if you will, like, uh, I've got less time to try and create a close to the same amount of angle. So I'm going to, one thing I'm going to do is, is start the pre-turn even a little bit sooner, but it's going to have to be a little bit more controlled, a little bit slower, a little bit more elongated. So I don't end up jumping the gate and missing it all together, but I'm going to do like just more of a longer drawn out, relaxing my arms, doing that little two-handed reach. I'm going to, you know, more at a more slow controlled rate, start rising up, bringing that, you know, right hip forward onto my toes. However, you know, you like to think about the pre-turn. I'm going to, I'm still going to start it early, but I'm going to have to do it a little bit slower. And then from there, I'm going to appreciate that I'm likely to have slightly less angle. Um, And I'm just, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to still settle or still focus on driving forward into the first wake. Um, And and I'm just going to appreciate that. Okay. I I can't build angle behind the boat, so don't freak out and, and, you know, 
go gorilla on the on the handle just to try and fix something that that that's really not fixable at that point. So basically, what you're saying is you already know that you are not going to have the same line into one that you were yeah. hoping to have, and so what you're doing is you're readjusting your expectations. Yeah, for sure. I'm so I'm still gonna I'm still gonna ski the rope off the second wake. I'm just I'm just gonna appreciate that apex is going to happen closer to the buoy. So hopefully, you know, it's I'm not on such a short rope that I'm not gonna get around the buoy, you know. But if it's one of my easier passes, I'm just okay. Apex is gonna happen, you know, maybe you know eight ten feet further down the lake than I want. So I, I I'm just this is the line I'm on. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know commit to my keys within this line. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, I think that's that's the that's the uh, very disciplined approach that you have. And again, this all this stuff comes back to keys, right? Like, you've got to stay true. It's all a distraction. It's all trying to test you as to whether how close can you stay or perform to what's been working for you. This is just another test. Are you going to just freak out because something's not right? Or are you going to stay calm? What's my best move? How do I, you know, how do I move forward from this in the best possible scenario? How do I not perpetuate one wrong move yeah, into perfect. many wrong moves, right? Perfect. Right? So cuz cuz what would that look like? So if you're like if you if you realize you're slow, what would what do you think would be the most familiar thing? Like what how most often would a skier perpetuate one wrong move into 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 a handful? Well, the wrong move I think would be that you're you don't like where you are in this. You know, you're too slow. So what's the first move? You're gonna drop your shoulder because it's yeah. hard to turn in without speed. Now you've got massive amounts of load. You're getting you're you're not you're not accelerating from as wide. So you're coming into center line. You know you don't have enough speed. So what's the next move? The next move is to stay shoulder down through the center line way too long into the pre-turn. Then what's going to happen? We're going to get a massive load onto the onto the rope because the handle can't travel in that direction that we're trying to manipulate because we're trying to force something to happen then that that excess line load rips you up into the inside now you have no rope tension yeah. you hadn't you didn't have the angle that you had in speed built so now you're screaming still going outward bound and the buoy and you come to the buoy and you're like wait <laughs> i'm still going out i'm going too fast and i'm not in control so what's the next move oh i'm going to drop my shoulder all back, try to try to figure that all out and go from there. So, I mean, I, I think that, and then, and then that just keeps going long pulling again, slack shots, yep. all of that stuff. I mean, you just have to, you just have to realize that, that that's, that's just, that's not the way I want to go about it. So if I go back to my gates and I go out there and I, I end up slow, I'll tell you this right now, this has happened to me it, it tends to happen or it's more magnified for me uh, at my hardest passes. So yeah, sometimes I'll have a, let's say a 39 gate for me. I can, I, I run 39 for me, you know, most of the time. And so, you know, I pull out and I get out there. I'm like, oh man. And I lost my speed. So what's happening as I lose my speed, I'm losing speed, but the boat's not. So the boat's pulling away from me. Right. So now I'm not as high up on the swing. I'm falling back. The line's mega tight. Okay. So now I realize I'm going to have less distance to build speed into center. The other part of this is I have less general water speed because the line's so tight. And the way that I would, uh, give, give a, give an example would be on a mountain bike when you're going really fast or on a bike, when you're going really fast, the bike will support your body weight to fall 
to the inside of the of the turn that you're trying to make and allow the bike to roll over and go through. We talked about that. That's like advanced level biking. Or when you're yeah. really slow and you're just learning how to ride a bike, you're riding straight over the top of it and you're riding so slow that only way to turn is to just turn your handlebars and go. So it's kind of like that to me when I'm out there in sure. the, on the gates, if I lose my water speed, now I'm back to, it's really hard for me to make a body movement off the edge of my ski um, and, and, have, and have balance and be dynamic. So basically what my move would be while I'm out there is to recognize this line is going to be tight and it's going to be hard for me. It's going to be hard for it to support me because I don't have that general water speed to allow myself to lay over and allow the ski to come underneath me. So what am I going to do? Long story short, what am I going to do? I'm going to be out there. I'm actually probably going to, even when I'm slow, I'm probably going to pull the Will Asher and have a little bit of outside edge, outside edge, outside edge. And what I'm really going to do is on the last outside edge, I'm going to go outside edge. I'm going to stand up and weight my body as much as I can and allow my body to fall to the inside. No pressuring of my ski, no back motion. I'm just trying to get my body moving and just get it off that inside edge before that line comes tight. And then I have, at least I have some sort of body momentum movement there versus being stuck over the top of the ski with no ski angle and having a really hard time setting that edge. And then the other part of that is, so now I rolled in, I did not pressure my ski. I did not push my ski. I just stayed light on my feet and tried to be as dynamic as I possibly could through that, through that move. And then I, I do end up falling into and allowing myself to fall into a very similar pattern that I had um, when I start from wider, where I'm and more dynamic. And then the only thing that I have to, for me, that I recognize is I started accelerating from a more narrow place, but I still need to be done by center. So for me, I really key on first wake, making sure that I do build enough energy into first wake and that I'm going to whatever energy that I built to that point. I have to know that that's enough energy. I think this is what you're talking about when you say I'm, I'm accepting that I'm not going to be quite as early to the, to the first buoy yeah. with this kind of gate. Yeah. But uh, at, at that first wake, I'm not going to go 120% and then get ripped up and out of it because I couldn't hold it. But I'm going to give it everything I can give it into the first wake that I know that I can hold on to as I come up out of center line. And it's in the same fashion as you, what you said. I know that I will not have built as much speed and space as I would like, but at least I'm as close as I can be to as optimally not making more mistakes and compounding this problem. And then as I come into one, I'm just, I'm doing, do exactly what you were talking about, Trent, where I'm, I'm riding the handle. I'm evaluating where I am. I realize I'm a little bit narrower. I'm a little bit slower than I want. I'm going to then, I'm, it's like all these micro calc, uh, <laughs> calculations that you're making. Like, where am I? How fast am I going? What's my best move? You know, like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out where's that line going to be tight. I don't want to perpetuate this. So I want to build speed out of one, into one and then out of one. And then into two, I'm not going to be as fast as I want to be. I'm not going to be on the perfect line, but I'm building. And then this is why most of the time you'll see people with a gate one, two that aren't ideal. And then all of a sudden three is getting better. Four is getting better. Five looks great. Six is awesome. That's what, that's what we're striving for. We're striving to 
improve water speed and direction as we're going because we're building speed, we're building whip, we're building connection to the boat. And then obviously Trent and I hammer on the gates just because if you start with a great line, it's a lot easier to keep a great line than it is to have to build it. But we, what we don't want to do is start with a suboptimal line and then <laughs> just keep hammering away and killing that line and getting later every time, pulling longer, turning harder, more slack, getting worse, getting worse. That's not the line that we're trying to do. That's not the, that's not the, even the mentality that we're going for. So this is where we need to back up, understand what's our best moves. And then just, again, it's going back to trusting those keys that get us there. Wow. That was a lot, man. man. Yeah. No, yep. that's dude. And that's like, that's that there's a, the last sentence you said, it, it brings, there's a term that I, I use often with my own skiing or people that I'm working with is best available line. You know, the, the you, you set your gate up and you're looking to find that perfect line, but, but recognizing your best available line and, and skiing within the, like that realm is, is how, like you said, you know, you can make up time throughout the course, or at least you can, you can maintain your spacing throughout the course. Um, but it's trying to ski, you know, when, and again, this all went back to a slow gate, but, but when you know, your everything is, is a little bit flatter trajectory, a little more down course, trying to ski outside of that somewhat poor line is where people get into, into, into the type of trouble that, that uh, makes, that ensures you don't run the pass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, for, for two, <laughs> for two <laughs> easy, quick posts, we got to 37 minutes that quickly, <laughs> that much fun. I'd like to, I'd like to thank UW skier and, yeah, sure. uh, and, and blue ski for those, for those, launching points for Trent and I to go on crazy rants and enjoy ourselves. Like I said earlier in the, in the episode, we are having so much fun with you all and we're just hoping that you're enjoying it as much as we are. And we'll look forward to doing some more of this on the next episode.